everyone, welcome to the Atheist Experience. I'm your host, Russell Glasser, and with me today is my co-host, Don Baker. Hey, good to be here. Uh, today is Sunday, January 26, 2014. We are a live call-in public access television show based in Austin, Texas, dedicated to promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state. We're available through live streaming video at Ustream.tv. The official Atheist Experience website is www.atheist-experience.org uh, or com. <laughs> and you can uh, provide feedback to the show by uh, uh, commenting on the official show blog at freethoughtblogs.com slash AXP or you can email us at tv at atheist-community.org. Uh, if you enjoy this show, please check out our related other podcasts, The Nonprofits, uh, which is currently airing on the first and third Wednesdays of the month, and uh, Godless Bitches. You can find links at the Atheist Experience website. Now, this coming Wednesday is a fifth Wednesday of the month, so we'll be skipping this week, but then next week, that February week. 5th, yeah. we'll be bringing you a new show. Um, as always, the cast and crew of the Atheist Experience will be headed off to Threadgills after the show. That's at 301 West Riverside Drive, and we'll all arrive around 6 p.m. Uh, if people care to join us, they may. Uh, I've got one uh, upcoming announcement. Uh, last summer, I was plugging this, uh, this event, which was sort of an online conference called uh, FTBCon, uh, run by the fine folks at Freethought Blogs, where our official show blog is hosted. I realize this is short notice, but there's uh, FTBCon 2 is coming up this weekend. It's going to be an entire weekend of... Uh, uh, interesting, cool speakers doing Google Hangouts, like hour, one, one or two hour long uh, panels on various topics. Uh, you can check out the proceedings at uh, FTBCon. Uh, oh, heck, t check the Atheist Experience website where there's a post about it and a link there. Uh, but you should know that if you would like to follow uh, the Atheist Experience involvement in it, uh, on Saturday, this coming Saturday at 11 a.m., and it's running from January 31st through February 2nd, uh, Jen Peoples and I will be doing a panel on parenting. We will be rejoined by Dale McGowan, who was once on the show, uh, and also Elise Anders from Skeptic. And then Sunday evening, before this show, at 3 p.m., uh, I'm going to be joining the hosts of the Reasonable Doubts podcast for some counter-apologetics paneling. So, uh, see you guys there. How are okay. you doing today, uh, Don? I'm doing all right. It's good to see you. You too? 
And uh, today I'm today I'm talking we have yet another failure show. This will be the, okay. my twenty first in the series. Although I've hit, hit this topic, uh, this sort of topic before earlier. Um, and you know, you've the, got almost two years worth of these topics now. <laughs> yeah, Congratulations! I've, I've still got a long way to go. This is, you know, this, <laughs> so it, much I, fail. I, yeah, there's so much fail. So so few gods. And uh, I got another little slogan: that is uh, faith is such an excellent way to be, be wrong. <laughs> anyway, so today today the topic is using people, and by using people, I mean using people as a means to an end or like a tool rather than as like a free moral agent. So that's what I'm talking about here. And Christians claim that humans have a divine nature and that human life is sacred. And so why would you use people as tools? Why would you take advantage of them? And why, what, what, what use would God have for tools, right? If he's, if he's all-powerful and, and, and complete, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have a need for these sorts of things. He shouldn't. But con artists and, peta, and, and parasites would certainly have a need to use people as tools and they would they would jump at the chance of controlling and manipulating the ignorant and willing. And so the fact that Christianity uses people in this way demonstrates to me that it's that it's got a fraudulent nature and that and that's another failure of Christianity. So there are lots of examples of using people. Previously I uh, uh Tracy has talked about the indoctrination of children which is a big one exploitation of children. That's episode uh, 832, and I also talked about spinning suffering uh, to kind of giving, giving religious meaning to the suffering of people effectively using their pain for religious purposes. That was episode 622. Other topics I'm going to save for later, exploiting the poor and innocent, slavery, and state favoritism of religion. We, we'll, we'll talk about those later. Today I want to talk about using gays marriage and divorce, and women as childbearers as, as examples of using. So using gays, since, the, since before the 70s, Christians have successfully brought their church, uh, brought, bought and sold the hatred of gays in their churches, and this uh, has been based largely on propaganda and lies, uh, especially a guy named, by the name of Paul Cameron. If you look him up, um, you'll, you'll see that he's a, a religious fraud <clears throat> and they did things like conflate homosexuality and pedophilia and, you know, said things like uh, AIDS is God's wrath on homosexuals. And, and you know, having an enemy is red meat for rabid, rabid believers, and it made a lot of ministers and ministries rich and powerful. And, and, and uh, it's like the gays are the new Jews. They used to do that to the Jews, and now, now they found a new target of the gays. And this tells you a lot, I think, about Christians and their leaders uh, that they would do this. But it's backfired, thankfully. Uh, Gays and lesbians are are approaching normalcy now, and the Christian power grab is fizzling out. Many churches are divided over ordination of gays and supporting same-sex relationships and even marriage. And these schisms tend to break up the churches and make them less powerful. And U.S. laws are now supporting gays and lesbians. And these Christian lies have proven false. And, you know, think, think of pedophile priests, you know, as, as, as the true sources of pedophilia and that, that you should watch out for. And this Paul Cameron guy uh, got exposed for his uh, $27.50 a page science that he was promoting because uh, that was the only checks and balances involved there is his paycheck. The American Family Association is, has been rightly labeled as a hate group. And young people are leaving the religion in droves because they're tired of the vindictive and judgmental nature of, of Christianity. 
So the, using gays has proven out to be a, 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 a true failure, I think. What about marriage and divorce? Well, for Christianity and other religions, marriage is mostly about making babies and indoctrinating them into the faith. And so the religion institution of marriage has been trying, been been kind of co-opted by the religion as 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 potentially useful for religions or useful for society. And so they've put all sorts of sexual restrictions up, like sex outside of marriage. Even masturbation is forbidden, and early marriage is encouraged to get for as a means to have sex or for 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 young people to have sex. And you can see examples of this. Uh, Rick Santorum. Um, has commented a lot about marriage, and there's an interesting article on, uh, that he wrote on the, uh, or, or a lecture he gave on the, the Heritage uh, Foundation website. Um, and for Rick, marriage should be effectively used for the needs of society. So it's a, it's a little like um, uh, taking, taking two people's love and, and perverting it for the needs of something else. And he, think that's a, he thinks that's a good place, good thing to do, and I liken this to like conscription. You know, patriotism might be a good thing, but but he thinks that the, that that should be used. That that <clears throat> your sense of patriotism should be maybe used for, you know, forcing you to fight wars or something. So 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 you know, it, it, it's taken out of your hands at that point. And Catholic Catholic doctrine has been been this sort of thing all along. They, they, they encourage no contraception and to have as many children as God will bless you with, and maybe the 13th will become a priest. That was kind of the, the idea. But, but even this has proven out to be a failure. Popular opinion has never supported uh, the conscri- conscription of love attitude that, that these Christians have, and it's, it, and it's moving in the favor of same-sex marriage and, and, all, and these sorts of things. Divorces, the divorce rate is highest among Protestants, Baptist, Jews, and born-agains, uh, 34, 30, 29, and 27% uh, divorce rate, compared to atheists and agnostics, 21%. That's from a Barna study uh, in 1999. And this, this is, uh, seems to me to be a proven failure. A recent study that's in press in the American Journal of Society correlated divorce rates with conservative Protestantism in the United States and it raised some interesting points. It said that youth marriages and marriages based on unwanted pregnancies are, are common among these folks, and they are correlated with high divorce rates. Interestingly, the climate, the cultural climate in the counties where there's high degrees of Protestantism uh, has actually affected the divorce rates of the non-Protestants in those counties. So it's like a poison, uh, poisoning other folks. I, I just want to say that I think the Christian divorce rate is a great argument for premarital sex. <laughs> uh, right. Be, because <clears throat> if you are raised in the tradition of believing that sex is this dirty, shameful thing until you get married and then it's a beautiful uh, right. rite, you know, of sacrament or whatever, uh, you know, if if you are a kid who really wants to get laid, as a lot of teenagers do, yeah. uh a, a lot of kids will wind up rushing into marriage because that, I, I mean, you know, I think we all know that uh, that marrying the first person you fall for under 20 <laughs> is not necessarily a, a great recipe for a lasting marriage. <clears throat> Absolutely. Where, whereas, Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you get a chance to sow your oats, <laughs> so to speak, uh, and and you actually get to pick 
your lifelong partner based on uh, intelligent evaluation. Uh, I think it can wind up leading a lo- leading to a much stronger relationship, whether you're gay or straight. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's quite a bit of research on you know delaying marriage actually leads you to have a lower divorce rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know the authors in this study actually pointed out there's there's kind of an entrapment going on of these young people where they're they're sort of forced into uh, marriage and and sexual relationships that, that they're not quite ready for tr- childbearing. Res- Responsibilities and this and this is very very difficult on a on a marriage, and so this, you know this sort of thing is is I think a proven failure, and you know Christians I think realize that you see a lot of hand wringing about this sort of thing. The final thing I want to hit br- briefly here is is uh, kind of turning women into childbearing machines, and every everybody knows there is no God who can make children. You know, if there were a except thing, except that one time, except that one time, right? Well, we wouldn't be arguing about the existence of God if if, right. if God were making babies, right? And but uh, you know, it, having more babies uh, is is a good thing for parasites because they're they're always hungry for more hosts, more more blood to suck on. So there's this focus on a man's authority in the bedroom and contraceptive misinformation and wresting reproduction reproductive control from women and. <clears throat> effectively co-opting her organs to make more babies for the religion. And, and I see this going on, and it's really kind of a sad thing. And the, the, the sad and ironic thing is that women have more real power here. They have the power to make babies, yet they're, they're giving up this power to the, the patriarchy and the religion you know, that's using them for for a means to an end, and and I think this is very very sad. And you know there is an alternative, Christian women. You know, uh, atheists don't treat women like cattle. Okay, just FYI, we won't treat you like cattle. So you get this whole idea of an arrow of God, and this this kind of uh, it gets into kind of a creepy aspect of this childbearing thing. And that is, uh, you know, let me let me read a quote here. Uh, this is from Psalm one twenty seven. Behold. Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, they are, are, are the children of one youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And uh, these and other Bible quotes like, uh, like the go forth and multiply, be fruitful and multiply, have led to this, this movement called the quiverful movement, um, which is kind of a, I, call, I would call it a high-octane distillation of the ambient Christian attitudes towards childbearing. The movement itself is not very big, but it, it certainly does amplify and, 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 uh, and bring out a lot of the attitudes of, you know, you're going you're gonna to make babies for God. And so women are thought of as blessed vessels, that that's their sort of purpose in life, and that's, that's what they're supposed to be doing. And so women are used to make babies, and the babies are used to perpetuate, perpetuate the religion. And that's, that's really what's going on here. And not only are these, both of these people being used as tools, they're being used as weaponized tools. Notice the arrows of God thing. And, and, and this whole movement is associated with, uh, with, with uh, phrases like uh, raising an army for God uh, and these sorts of things, and, and they, they sort of feel like they're in a fight uh, so these, these women are popping out babies, and they feel like they're warriors, which is kind of an, a weird twist of twist of what's going on. I think 
Uh, fortunately, we have authors like Catherine Joyce and Vicki Garrison who have done a good job of exposing not only what's going on, but the attitudes and kind of getting at the, getting at the thing, getting at you know, what's going on there. And the children, I think, are, are also exploited here, too. And, and this gets into the indoctrination thing. Um, you see that, that there's a lot of interest from Christians w- when the baby's in the womb and almost no interest until they're of the age where they can be indoctrinated. So two-year-old babies are not too interesting to, uh, to Christian uh, leaders. And I think that this, this kind of belies their intent, right? If they, if they really cared about human life and about babies, they'd be, they'd be very interested in two-year-olds, but they're not. They, you know, there's not much support for those sorts of folks. Um, they want to have religious authoritarian households where the where the babies are sort of told to to follow the father and and believe and obey, obey. <clears throat> and they want to have homeschooling and or church based indoctrination starting at an early age when the kids are old enough to be indoctrinated. That's when things get interesting again. And there's more to be said here. Tracy hit this on episode 832, which was not too long ago. And I think this childbearing enterprise is not yet a failure. In fact, it's, it's actually a bit of a success. The Catholics have been doing it for years, but I think it's going to backfire at some point. I think the women are going to wake up and say, hey, I don't need to be doing this anymore. So I think using people shows the moral depravity of Christianity and its, and its parasitic nature. Uh, and since religion clearly needs to use people, it, it shows that they, they don't even believe in an all-powerful God that, that will provide for them and, 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 and is complete and will, will do these things. Instead, they, they market hatred and do their best to control everybody's reproduction and a desperate attempt to hold on to power. That's what I see is it, a desperate attempt to hold on to power. And ultimately, those being used resent it, and they will rid themselves of the bloodsuckers eventually. And... and Praise Jesus. Anyway, oh, so, so using people is just another, another failure of Christianity. Thank you, Don. Sure. Uh, we're going to callers. We've got uh, Leah in Los Angeles. How are you, Leah? Hello? Oop, wait. Leah? This button. We, we've got button Leah. Problems. Hello? Sorry, yes, the we, button is sticky this We can week. hear you now. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so my opinion of using people is everyone use someone, and it could be in a good or a bad way. It depends on the person. Uh, maybe. Okay. Uh, you know, use, using is kind of a strong word. I mean, needing people and, and interacting with people and, uh, and having relationships with people, I think, is a good thing. But, but those course. things need to be consensual, right? Yes. And okay. it is, most of the time, right? It's just good. Okay, well, the, the thing I'm talking about is not consensual, right? The, the okay. type of use I'm talking about, right? So, so that's, that's, that's the distinction. Maybe, maybe I could have used a different word. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the bad part of it, of course, I don't agree with, so... Sure, sure. So we're on the same page, right? <laughs> yes. So, so you you agree that uh, Christianity exploits people and uses people? Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, is there anything else you called about today? Um, no, we just wanted to talk about that. I think that was a very good, interesting topic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, no Leah. Well, I guess we'll we'll move on. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. 
Uh, Rich in Atlanta. Hello. Hi. How are you guys today? Pretty good. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. So um, I think it's a little bit of divine intervention that I called on my particular topic. Doubt it. Because at first <laughs> I didn't think it correlated, but now that I uh, hear what you guys are discussing, I think it falls right in line. And that is, I think that religion is good for society. We don't. Okay. Go ahead. And don't you have your own version of it? No. Well, I mean, so it depends what are on you doing today? It, it depends on what you mean by religion exactly. Well, I know that you know, in my particular church, uh, it, the the idea of having just a, a social group is kind of uh, it does permeate. Okay, I, I agree. I agree that social groups are good for society. So we're together so far. Okay. Do you think that your social group, being an anti-God-related social group, is good for society? Sure. Well, you know, atheists are, are don't believe in God, so we're skeptics. You know, if you, right, if you right. have, I understand. If you have some evidence for it, we'd love to hear it. it you know, if if not, you know, I, well, I can point at all. I, I can point at like thousands of failures. Of, I guess my evidence. Belief. My evidence is purely the history of the religion, in particular, my society. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't say across the board because I'm not agree in agreement with all religions. Uh, okay. For instance, the Incan religion and the Mayan religion probably wasn't so good for society. So you don't think that no religion? So you don't think religion in general is good for society? Just mainly Christianity. Um, or what religion do you think is good for society? How about that? Um, I think there are several that are good for society. I'm not okay. here to debate Christianity because I think. Uh, I'm willing to uh, pass the card to you guys. I think you're probably more biblically knowledge than I am. But uh, I think in my particular society, which is Christian, obviously, I'm calling from Atlanta. We are in the Bible Belt, let's be honest. And uh, in my right. society, I think that the religion, and even in your opinion, the indoctrination, is good for the general public. Okay, don't agree. And why not? Uh, you, know, I, take, you know, religion is is largely based on faith, and that's not a not a good reason to build anything. That's not not something that you'd built anything on. You know, that's now, that's a good reason to be wrong, right? Right. I well, think there are a number of of uh, notably negative influences that religion has on society. I mean, uh, and I'm not saying that religions functioning as a social club is necessarily bad because we agree that social clubs are good things for people's mental well-being. Uh, but we're going to part company when it comes to uh, believing stuff without evidence and passing on that belief through uh, widespread groups because in a lot of cases it leads to opposition to science. Uh, it, uh, it undermines education. Uh, and it tends to sort of create in-groups and out-groups that can wind up persecuting minority members of the community. So I'm not yeah. on board with that stuff. And I, I've got a lot, in my, lot longer list, too. In my, <laughs> yeah, 21 uh, episodes of them. Yeah. Go ahead. In my particular circle, I, I tend to circle with intellectuals. Uh, first of all, I'd like to preface this by saying I'm a huge fan of your show. Thanks. A lot of theists that I know are huge fans of your show. Okay. Um, some do consider it giving them ammo in, in debate. Uh, however, for me, I just like to test what I believe, and I, I applaud you guys for having the show. I'm an avid listener. 
kudos for me. Well, that's so, awesome. I, I mean, anyway, I think you. that's but, admirable. <laughs> but uh, what I would like to say is that I, I believe that human beings are more than just meat sacks. In other words, we have a spiritual side to ourselves. I don't know what spiritual means. You don't. You don't have anything beyond uh, what you can touch or feel, like emotions even? I have emotions. What does you that have to do with being stimulus? spirit? Pardon me? Well, I, I have emotions. What has that got to do with a spirit? Um, it's just something beyond yourself. It's, a, it's another element to being a human being that's just beyond uh, this, I, you know, <laughs> current understanding, this current dimension. It's something, I mean, I've I'm had... I'm pretty sure I have all the standard uh, properties of being human, <laughs> including the stuff that you're talking about, but I don't so, think that it that it has anything to do with anything supernatural, so I okay. don't describe so, it as spirit-based. Do you think that we are simply highly evolved animals? Yes. Uh, yes. So do you think our spiritual side is any different than an animal's spiritual side? I don't know what a spiritual thing? side is. It, 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 okay, it, it's so. it's such, a, such a muddy, convoluted, messy term that it, it's become meaningless. So if you if you have a definition... Then we can talk about that definition. That's, that's what we're kind of fishing for. Okay, I don't know if I can come up with a one or two sentence definition, but what I will say is that based on my own experience, we are vastly different than animals. I In other will words, agree we have with art, that. Music, uh, we worship a creator for the most part. Well, we uh, don't. So <laughs> if that's your standard for being different from we, animals, we then I guess I'm not. And, and that's, but and that's, yeah, culture is cool. Cult, yeah, and culture. that's what I'm saying is that religion is a part of the culture, and it's important. It's an important part. It's the spiritual it's important, part. Important to a lot of folks, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. mythology is an important part of culture also. Wouldn't right, you agree I with agree. that? I mean, you know, stuff like uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, believing in, in Zeus, and, uh, mm -hmm. you, you know, a lot of religions which are clearly not true, uh, exactly. and, and you and I would both agree, are culturally significant and worth knowing about. But that now, doesn't we'll, mean that we should accept them as true and create uh, and make our clubs specifically dedicated to propping up these beliefs that uh, that aren't correct. And, and you'd so agree with that. Your opinion is that we should make our club purposefully propping up the fact that everyone's an idiot, basically. No. Like, you know, I mean, because there are religions all over the planet. I mean, right. you know, and, and you, you and I agree, and they you, all can't you and I right, agree right? that most of them are wrong. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but so so you don't think they're all idiots? Everyone else is morons, and no. you guys are all just doing it wrong. No, I mean, you are, you're we're, saying we're, that, we're not evidence. me. Right. So, now, you know. another thing is, you know, in my personal experience, um, I'm one of the statistics of 80% that left the church. I, I, I'm from Atlanta. Uh, you know, I was raised in the, in the church Baptist. And uh, in my college years, became very intellectual. And, uh, well, I've, I, you know, I've always been just a thinker and a, and a questioner. But um, it was when I had children that it became very important from a social and a, and a you know, a societal the, the, free, the free daycare? You know, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about indoctrination, which is exactly what you guys are talking about. So did the information that you had about the existence of a God change when you had a kid? No, the information, it's not just information, it's a spiritual connection. 
that okay. I felt that I was exposed to as a child, which I have great uh, admiration for my religion for giving to me because it allowed me to experience other dimensions of myself, namely right. the spiritual dimension. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for that. I mean, so, I, I'm so thankful for that. And then when I had children, I want to give them the same abilities to explore that spiritual side of themselves. Okay, I have and a child, and he. Okay, so my son doesn't. So my son doesn't go to church or anything. Okay. Uh, what's he missing, or what am I missing? Um, from a community standpoint, a lot, I think. But that he's got a community. community. That that depends on your community. If you live. Well, in my well, wait a minute. You're saying you're saying deal. you said at the beginning that you think the atheist community of Austin is a religion, right? Um, I think you're building a social network. Okay, so so do you think that uh, in a completely secular context, without bringing up any of this spirit stuff, uh, I can still provide him with the same uh, useful community uh, no. that you you don't? Okay. No. All right. You want me to cite a specific reason? Sure. Godless bitches. Yeah. Does your son know about that? Yeah. I mean, I have two daughters. So I would never, like, I cannot allow my daughters to listen to your your show because... Well, I'm sorry to hear that. He can. I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry you uh, keep your kids so, in the dark so, so much. Yeah, that's, a, that's an example of uh, indoctrinating your kids. Exactly. I don't want my yeah. kids using filthy language. So I mean, you actually, know, you're not bringing more to them. You're actually shielding them from more stuff. Correct. You're, you're yes. hiding so is, them from is, the world. So this spiritual, thing, is, this spiritual is thing that you're talking <laughs> about is actually covering up a certain part of the world and keeping them from knowing about it. Oh, definitely. I want to cover up sin. I don't want them to know about it. Okay. Wow. I, mean, I do don't you, agree do you with your, your parenting you approach. Your son pornography? I mean, not, you say, hey, it's not at the Go current time, at but I expect he will start at some point and that won't bother me. It won't? Nope. Uh, see, to me, that Pornography is all American, dude. That goes back to the religion, and I think certain of the laws and the rules are put there for your own good, you know? I mean, I think pornography okay. leads to sex trafficking, and uh, you were talking about using women. I disagree. Women. So how about, okay. how about God's about command? You don't, you don't think the pornography industry uses people? Then you are in the dark, my well, friend. It does. To an extent, At least they yes. get paid, and, but, uh, you know, but maybe, maybe they're consenting. They yeah, okay. So, okay. Uh, cool. you know, your, your, your God uh, commands to kill witches. Is that a good thing? Um, I don't you, like the use of my God versus your God, and I'm not here to defend any particular. Well, we I'm not a God. Okay, the God of the Bible, which you've 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 advocated, right? Um, I, like I just said, I, I you know I'm just kind of going with the flow as far as my community is, and I think religion has a good is a good part of the community. Right, but let's not pretend that the religion is adding something extra because by everything you've said, the 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 uh, function of religion in a child's life is to subtract stuff. And no, that's very that different from... Dimension. It's yeah. to that spiritual dimension. And yeah, again, I don't think that so is a thing. you're telling me you have no rules for your son. No, no I'm not claiming that. So you subtract, obviously, things that could hurt him Sure, to an extent. His, from his experience. You don't, right. You're not letting him play with knives. And, I mean, I don't know how old you're That's is. true, and I'm doing that without bringing spirit into it. So, again, but there are other by providing reasons. But human experience. Like, okay, obviously physical, knives equal physical. Porno equals mental. You know, okay. I mean, there is a physical act of looking at the picture, but 
It's more about keeping <laughs> someone's inner self pure in a way that they can be honorable as a person and not contribute to, you know, evil. I'm not that religion has any role son. in that. Personally. I'm not teaching my son that sex is evil. No, I'm not teaching my kids that sex is evil, but porno is definitely evil. It leads to some very evil things in society. I don't think it's, you know, uh, it has a really good place in society. It I does? Mean, wait, it does or it doesn't have a good place? It does not have a it good doesn't. place in society. Okay, I don't agree. Killing did witches, did, did killing witches have a good place in society? Pardon? Did killing witches have a good place in society? I'm not a part of a religion that kills witches. Yeah, you, yeah, you are. are. <laughs> no, but I've never seen a witch killed. But okay. you're, you're holy book. I would walk away and say, I don't want to be a part of that religion. Okay, so but that, do you agree that the Bible no. says you should kill witches? Well, I mean, I know people that are involved in Wicca, for instance. Yeah, but the Bible says that, right? Considered witches. So, but I don't go around killing anyone. My Bible says don't kill. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Well, yeah, but your, what does it Bible say has about messages, witches? Then. What does that say about your God? If it's do you know the verse we're talking about? Do you know the verse we're talking about? I'm trying to say that religion has a place in society that is positive. Okay, I'm not talking about Christianity here, but not the Bible. I mean, I didn't even bring up the Bible. I said religion has okay. a particular place in society. Do you think that, think that the Bible is? Uh, do you think that the Bible legitimately outlines what Christianity is? In my society, religion has played a very positive role, and no witches have been killed. Okay, okay. But you don't okay. agree with Exodus twenty-two eighteen. You, you have, like I said before, you have more biblical knowledge than I okay, do. You can quote it and tell me what it, what it says. I it don't says, know what Exodus 22 Exodus 22.18 says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. You would reject that, right? I haven't read it in context. Okay. Um, <laughs> the context is this is a command from God. Okay. You know, here's the That's deal. the context. When, when, when uh, <laughs> even my own preacher brings to me a verse, a particular verse, I don't really, you know, that's not, I'll, I'll need to do biblical okay. study around that verse okay. and see what it means. So, so your morality is, is better a... than your gods, right? Pardon? Your morality is better than your gods. Because you would direct, you would, you okay. would ignore a direct command from your God and, and do what's right. Well, here's what I don't like. The whole your God, your deal. You're taking it back to a, a particular religion. I'm just saying spirituality is a part of a, the human experience. And I think that religion has done a great part throughout the, you know, history as far as allowing people to express this side well, of themselves. And you want to say my God, this God, that God. I'm talking about God, not the God or a God. I'm talking about just God, you know, religion, this, you know, spirituality, the side of humanity that you have to admit exists. Did you, no, know, that, did you know that religious belief in societies are correlated with uh, lower life expectancy, higher STDs, uh, higher uh, teen pregnancies, uh, higher teen suicides. You can send me your statistics, but statistics can be skewed in either way. This is, I, you know, this is a correlation. I've heard statistics that um, contrary to that, I, especially the STD part, I would say that uh, societies that don't adopt a good religion 
or a, a religion. I mean, you know, the, it's like the Judaic law and stuff. It was you're, there basically. No, to I keep think this healthy, is something you know? that you're I mean, objectively mistaken about. I mean, for instance, there have been a lot of studies that show that in areas like Atlanta, Georgia, which support, uh, well, and to be fair, Texas, <laughs> um, which support abstinence-only education, teen pregnancy goes up and STDs go up. So you think multiple sexual partners equals lower STDs and lower uh, no, sex I education think, equals I, lower STDs? Yeah, I think comprehensive sex education and intelligently using uh, birth control and disease control uh, does lower that stuff. I agree with you on that. Okay, so so we're but, agreed but we on that. We have to define what sex education is, also. But but but, but I do agree. I do the agree. The ambient with you. religion I mean, a, here in the I U.S. promotes these things. Of sex education, birth control, all that stuff, and okay. I remain STD free. Okay. But I hope you've again, taught your kids that. Partner, so huh? so <laughs> I hope you've taught your kids, or will teach your kids that when they're old enough, despite what your church thinks. So it seems to me you're not you're not you're not advocating for a particular religion. Correct. Yeah, because once it becomes concrete and shows its failures, then you want to wash your hands of it, which is it's a bit dishonest, I, I think. Of it. it's, it's that I want to acknowledge that mankind has a spiritual side, and we need a social okay. network in order to express that. We, we, need, we, we, we definitely are social animals. I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. The spiritual thing, I just don't get. Right? Well, now, what I don't get is spirit, why Spirit you used to mean speed. breath. It used to mean breathing. Pardon? So it, I'm breathing, right. therefore I have a spirit. Hey, if the Humanitarian Universalist Congregation of Atlanta had a massive influence in my particular area, I might be open to it. But okay. what I'm saying is your organization is failing in, in a couple of areas, and that is you cannot gain popularity by using profanity. By Can too. not making it family friendly <laughs> and not doing anything but except arguing all the time. Well, one of, one I mean, of my favorite just, quotes is the color of truth is gray. And, and, and the meaning of that is, you know, you don't have to put lipstick on the truth. You don't have to dress it up and make it look good. You know? Exactly. And, it, and, if, and if people aren't flocking to the truth because it's gray, that's their loss. Well, you've just basically shined a huge light on what I'm saying, and, and that is if you look around, you're going to see people flocking, especially in my area, to Jesus. And that, yeah. to okay. me, isn't terrible. Well, I in mean, the it, meantime, it, it, the reality is children. that in the last five years, the religiously unaffiliated has, has grown by a fairly significant amount. People are, are leaving doing? religion in droves, and I don't but necessarily know that they're turning to atheism, uh, although a number of them are turning into uh, turning to atheism. The atheist movement is small, but it's increasing in popularity, so I think you're mistaken that speaking out about it can't make it more popular. Um, okay, I, I see what you're saying as far as speaking out, but what I'm saying is, there is just it's unattractive and most people are like you know going to say well i have a spiritual side you know okay. and i want to express that well no we're, we're not based on denying. charisma and 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 false promises and these sorts of things that might appeal to some people that's Pardon? correct we're, we're we're you know atheism is not based on charisma it's not based on false promises you know, about afterlife it's not based on uh you know uh Lies and, and, and manipulation and these sorts of things. So, so yeah, it's 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 kind of kind of bland in that respect. 
Now, one of the things when you talk about lies and manipulation, which I thought was really funny, and this is just a, a comic interlude, but um, mm -hmm. the other day, Matt was on the show. Maybe it was the other day. Maybe I was listening to an archived episode, but uh, he said, if you have children in the room, shield their ears or make them leave. And then he talk, started talking about Santa Claus. <laughs> And right. I thought I that act was ridiculous because if you if you guys teach your children about Santa Claus, he was I probably don't. joking. Actually, he was probably joking. Thing. Okay, I, and I don't think, take it too literally. I, I think <laughs> as a parent who didn't teach my kid about Santa Claus, uh, my main concern would be uh, other parents have the right to uh, to fool their kids for a while, and you uh, and we but don't he, don't believe in usurping their parental authority. But when he uses foul language, he doesn't say make sure your kids are out of the room. He just blatantly uses it. Don't care. So, really, you want your kids talking like that? Uh, no, I tell I tell my son what's appropriate in polite company, and uh, and he's in trouble if he uses words in the wrong context. Wow! And that's something you okay. got to learn, you know. I have to I have to just mill that over because that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I mean, I, my thing is just you know don't use that language. Just why not just blanket it? Okay. You know? Well, you notice we haven't used any with you because we're oh, sensitive I, you know, to your. I was really hoping that I'd get Matt. <laughs> And that he would use my name over and over and call me out. I'm and, sorry. Uh, We're the nice ones. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome and to I call back. That will be on next you. week. He he can he can curse up a storm at you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I mean, you know, do you guys have anything else for me? Because it's been a really I, enjoyable talk. Like I said, no, I love I've your, enjoyed I love it too. Uh, and uh, feel free to call back, Rich. Uh, but we're gonna move on to another caller now. Okay, okay. Yeah, thank you for your call. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Lyle in Dallas? Yeah, uh, how you guys doing? Uh, first of all, I'm a huge fan. You guys are uh, do a great service to the community. Well, thank you. What's up? Uh, not a problem. Uh, I'll be real quick about this call. Uh, I wanted to first just real quick pimp this. Uh, uh, last year, a meta-analysis was done by Professor Zuckerman. I won't go into detail about it, but uh, it's worth Googling. It's really eye-opening, so... Throw that out there for you and your uh, listeners. Is this Phil Zuckerman? Uh, Myron Zuckerman. Oh, okay. Oh. And uh, okay. I mean, he cites he he goes through uh, sixty three different scientific studies uh, uh, based uh, on the correlation between intellect and religiosity. But anyways. Okay. Does okay. I mean what? <laughs> do you want to just say a word about why that would be of interest? Yeah. Well, yeah. like I, what what, what, are the, what was what are the, the finding? I, it's yeah. Like you told me the method, but not the finding. Yeah, yeah, sure, I didn't want to pivot too much, but yeah, sure. Uh, well, the findings were, uh, of the 63 scientific studies that he reviewed, 53 found a direct no uh, negative correlation between uh, IQ and religiosity. Uh, it cites, again, uh, all the different studies, but uh, uh, in several, like uh, one by uh, uh, Professor Niebuhr, uh, who he, he, is a uh, he studies intellect, but uh, he found that, like, uh, uh, between uh, the difference between atheist IQ and those uh, dogmatically religious in a study of a little over 7,000 people uh, showed a 5.89% higher IQ in atheists, 3.82% uh, higher IQ over a liberally religious, and uh, so on. I, yeah, I prefer to be kind of careful about tossing those kind of things around just because, like, the last caller 
threw out there that we're just a group of people who calls other people morons. Sure. Uh, and I, you know, I don't think we do that. I mean, we think we try not to. Anyway. We think they're incorrect. But I know some very smart Christians, and I know some very dumb atheists. So absolutely. Uh, but but yeah. I'm willing to check out the study and accept that the correlation might be there. You know, I, sure. I, I think and I think what what may be really going on is that um, that the more worldly you are in the sense of uh, being exposed to different religions and different beliefs and different claims and different ways of evaluating evidence, that that leads you to you know a broader education and a better education leads you to better conclusions. You know, that's that's kind of how I would I would frame that, and it may be that people with higher IQ pursue academic careers or, or get that that education or or are hungry for those those sorts of uh, that sort of knowledge. Um, I wouldn't say that I don't wouldn't say that 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 lets you say that religious people are dumb, right? Sure, but not, yeah, not on the individual level. I completely accept that, uh, and you're probably right in why those generalities exist. Uh, but I, I only need to mention that meta-analysis, uh, I guess, to go into the point that uh, uh, there's two different thought processes on how to approach a, a debate with a theist, and uh, you guys are some of the very best at it, so I'm not questioning your, uh, the way you do it at all. Uh, however, like, for instance, Sam Harris said, uh, when you're in, in a job interview, if you say uh, you believe in Jesus, uh, nobody bats an eye, but if you say... Uh, you believe in Elvis, uh, you suffer immediate consequences. Yeah. And uh, I think that's important uh, because the best way to, uh, it seems like the best way to change your mind is to uh, induce self-reflection. And uh, ridicule, uh, it seems, produces like an immediate negative reaction, but uh, eventually it would invoke that self-reflection. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, you know, you know, I think in the broader topic uh, of convincing people, I, I think all sorts of approaches you know, yield some results, you know, and it's worth, it's worth pursuing all sorts of angles. Humor, humor is a good one. Ridicule is good in the sense that, yeah, it, it kind of slams somebody into a brick wall and gets them to think, hopefully, uh, and, and um, it has its place. So uh, I, I'd say, you know, do whatever you're best at, you know, do whatever you think works and, you know, try to, try to make headway. Yeah, and I, I think sure. that uh, having a general academic knowledge of what should work on people is no substitute for uh, practice of yeah, uh, just going out there and talking to people and seeing what kind of feedback you get. And I encourage people to have those kind of conversations. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you guys again. You guys, uh, like, like I said, you... Uh, help promote critical thinking uh, throughout your community and, at this point, the rest of our country. So uh, thank you very much for the service you guys did. All right, thanks. Thank you. We try. Uh, see ya. Yeah. Uh, I we got? think Russell? he also mentioned that he was going to ask about how to start another public, start a public access show, and, uh, and we had another caller that we didn't take because we thought we were going to take that topic twice. Uh, if it's specifically about uh, starting a public access show, I think my first advice would be uh, don't start a public access show. Start a uh, start a podcast instead. Uh, and that's just because... Or a uh, blog or something, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to actually be talking, uh -huh. uh, you know, I think that uh, podcasting is... M 
cheaper and more viable right now. But I, I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take advantage of the public access network in your area if you have one. That's great, but a lot of them are under the gun with regards to funding, and I know that several studios around the country have have disappeared. Uh, and I think that going forward into the future, uh, be, having an internet presence is going to be a lot more helpful in the long run. Would you yeah. agree with that? Oh, absolutely. A lot of folks have have, have made a lot of headway with uh, like using uh, video channels. Yes, yes, YouTube um, channels. Arn Raw is a good one. Right. Uh, uh, Soup. There's a doing, lot of these that are just doing high quality Google stuff. Hangouts will, uh, you know, it's free and it will uh, automatically record it to your YouTube channel, and you can do it with multiple people in uh, in different places, or you can have one decent camera hooked up to your computer that will uh, that will do everything for you. Yeah, the the folks uh, trolling with logic uh, do that. Uh, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But last week, I think I addressed a similar question with Linnea when we were talking via Google Hangout to a a group in uh, Kentucky, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, the Louisville Atheists. And uh, Linnea made the point that the most important thing to getting a show up and running is uh, get yourself a schedule and force yourself to stick to it no matter what, even if you... Think that you know, even if you're not feeling up to it, and the content's yeah. going to be crap yeah, that day. Of, a lot of it is showing up, <laughs> right? <laughs> Regularly, right? Okay, that's all we'll say yes. for now. Let's take another we call. Gotta move on to other callers. Uh, I'm going to go to. Uh, sorry, um, Joshua in the Dominican Republic. Wow, Josh, hey, are you there? Hi. Oh, can barely hear you. Oh, uh, okay. okay. So, she's uh, fine <laughs> from a long time ago. And I've been in this situation, especially with my dad. Well, actually with the whole town. Like, I am me and a cousin that I have, which is 13 years old. <laughs> we are the only people, not the years that I know. <laughs> oh. It is, like, uh-huh. really huge. So, the thing is that uh, I don't ever, I mean, since I was, like, all my life, Till I was like 18 years old, I've always was very devoted Christian, very crazy with that, with the idea of Jesus and everything. But since I moved to Santiago, which is another town from where I live, I had to do it by myself. There was no church and anything, and I started to actually read the Bible. And then I discovered all the books. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> path. Oh, my bad. <laughs> so. Uh, but still, my dad, he lives there in USA, and he has sort of a combination of Chinese, uh, Buddhist, Christian, uh, beliefs. And the thing is that the dude is really talented in, there's no way, like, he, he can go from A to C really easily. And for, for example, there was one thing that he once told me that I was like, I don't know what to say about it, that, uh, he was once driving highway with my mom. She was pregnant of me, and he was going really high speed, like 180, he, he told me. Mm. And he has this feeling in his heart, whatever he calls, that he should slow down, and he did. And a few seconds later, a huge what? truck was all the way in the highway, and he had time to actually stop. These kind of things, like, that actually happens. I mean, you see this. Sometimes oh, you can never actually record it, 
But you know that sometimes things that you call coincidence, that people call it miracle or whatever, yeah. happens. How you right. deal with that? I mean, can be coincidence, can be that he just felt like, hey, I'm going too fast, I should stop, and right away that happened, or whatever. Like, how you deal with this type of argument, which has some sense, because it happens, but it's, it doesn't mean that there is a being yeah. up yeah. there and everything. No, I mean, yeah. You want, you want to take it? Well, I mean, you know, there are also a lot of incidents where people have sudden feelings to slow down and they were in no danger at all. And there are also incidents where people don't have that feeling and they die. Um, yeah. But you don't hear about those stories. <laughs> you yeah. don't wind up hearing about those stories about the people who died as as evidence for God. Look, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people in the world, and there are a lot of decisions that they make from day to day. Uh, we also don't know for sure that your dad would have died if he hadn't slowed down. Maybe he would have had the presence of mind to swerve off the road and would have gotten lucky there, right. and equally would have viewed that as a miracle. So the greater um, point here is that is that. This story that you hear it has been filtered, right? It's been filtered through a, a billion experiences that this person had that he just didn't think was relevant or didn't remember or didn't confirm these this kind of mystical feeling within him. And and these stories tend to have legs where, where they get repeated and, and you hear them often secondhand and thirdhand and, yeah. you know, they're, they're repeated forever and... Um, you know, there well, this doesn't happen because, for example, he now is studying these uh, the secrets. Oh, oh no. no! And he applies it. <laughs> Got another double face palm for oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? He he he's very lucky, I will say, because uh, I mean, most of the things. Uh, well, it's just his work. I mean, I'm, I don't even live with him, but you know, I don't think that he will just lie to me to pretend anything. So, assuming just for sake of the argument, that he's actually <laughs> happening all those things. Like, how how am I going to deal with the fact? Because he, for him, those things that I call coincidence, he calls fact. But yeah. he doesn't take into account the fact that it doesn't happen. So, how do you... <laughs> there are some good books on that. Um, uh, uh, Numeracy is a good one. Uh, oh, Demon yeah, Numeracy is a great book. Also, uh, Richard Dawkins' Unweaving the Rainbow talks about coincidences and the appearance of being uh, miraculous a lot. Uh, but I think we're going to have to like wrap this up because we're running out of time and I want to get one more call in. Oh, yeah, so, so those but, books, uh, Enumeracy, uh, Unweaving the Rainbow, and Demon Haunted World would be my recommendations to you. Yeah, great they'll, books. They'll give, you, they'll give you some ammunition to, to, to counter this. Okay, totally going to check it out. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, good, guys. Good luck to you. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, Murtaza from Dubai has been waiting patiently for a really long time, and so I think you're getting the last call of the show. Uh, thanks for taking me, guys. Um, let me uh, start by saying I really love your show, and um, I've been watching it for a while, and I've wanted to call in for ages. Okay. I have a question about um, in a secular society... If you want to eliminate all religion, how can you do that? How how can you replace the comfort that people people get from believing in God? Like, if they're in a tough situation, what can they? What else can they like? You know, 
hope for believing instead of basically instead of instead of religion uh first of all i mean i don't think i would say that we're out to like just obliterate religion necessarily uh i think i can't remember if it was richard dawkins originally or pz myers who said uh you know i'd just like to reduce it to a level of importance that is similar to knitting <laughs> you know i i would like it if people <clears throat> didn't put so much of their uh uh, you know, of of their identity into religion, and so so much of their uh, basic life principles into this yeah. idea that a god exists. But as, yeah. as far as things to hope for and things, you know, you know, I think that religion gives you a lot of false hope in the sense that it provides you with things to look forward to that that aren't likely to happen, or there's no evidence that it's going to happen. Or and and some of these comforting things like oh you're mm-hmm. going to see your loved ones in the afterlife, these, these things yeah. are are falsehoods and I I don't think that they're a good thing and I I think that once people realize that that reality is is is, is worthwhile and a good thing and we can cope with reality and we can help each other out, I, you know I think that that's what we really should be striving for. Um, so, I mean I know a couple of people or. Well, that have told me stories about earlier in their life, basically. My uncle, for example, he's a Muslim, and um, he told me that, like, for example, in college he was really, he was having a financial, like, hard spot. He needed money every day. He didn't know where his meal was coming from. And he he says that the only thing that got him through that was praying to God every night and saying, you know, help me out through the next day. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it might be false hope, but it's, I guess people... It's actually giving people hope. It might be a placebo effect. I don't know what to call it, but... Yeah. yeah. Right. But on the other hand, you have to balance that against all the kids who grow up living in terror of hell. I mean, you know, religion yeah. religion right. isn't or all nice stuff. Terror of apostasy, right, in, in, in the Muslim world. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, so on the one hand, it does give some people comfort at certain times in their lives. On the other hand, religion is a fairly big cause of despair in a lot of people, and you know, how many stories have we heard about people uh, who, for whom coming to atheism was just a huge relief oh, yeah. from, yeah. from yeah. these fears Free that they last. had lived Free with all last. their lives? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to wrap it up on that note. Uh, I will. Here, thanks for taking my call. Okay. Um, Thank you for calling. Uh, sorry we uh, were no, so no, quick. I, just, I, I love this show, so okay. I've been wanting to call in. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Call again sometime. Uh, That's our show. Uh, Thank you to our crew. We'll see you at Thread Guilds. Thanks again, Don. Great show. Thank you.